Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry, the co-founder of Ignite DA and the editor-in-chief for Dr. By Cuspid. Thank you so much for joining us. We know your time is valuable during these historic, unprecedented days. And with what is going on right now in the dental industry, we wanted to bring in one of the uh, gurus when it comes to infection control, whenever it comes to making sure everybody's on the same page, and that would be Mary Gavoni. Hey, Mary, how are you? I'm great, Kevin. How are you? I'm good. You know, we are, we're recording this right as we end April and get ready to start May, and this is such an uncertain time for so many dental practices. And one thing that I know we wanted to talk a little bit about today was the, the uh, Return to Work Interim Guidance Toolkit that was put out by the American Dental Association. Uh, you know, and, and we know that there is a lot of information just being bombarded onto these dentists and team members about what they should or shouldn't do and, you know, how they should act, what questions they should answer, you know, everything else. And so I wanted to get your take. What are some things in this that jumped out at you that maybe you think dental team members should really be be cognizant of? Well, First of all, I want to say that I think the ADA did a fabulous job of putting this together because there's just an invaluable amount of information um, and gives a, a practice and the team members, <clears throat> excuse me, a roadmap mm-hmm. um, as to what to do, starting with um, literally getting ready and welcoming the patients back, letting them know, um, getting ready to screen their patients and, and all the way through to um, how do we protect the team. There's a couple of things, though, that if um, our listeners go through this toolkit, and first of all, I guess we should back up the bus and say, if you don't have a copy of the toolkit, it's free. Um, on the ADA website. And so um, it's probably best for the doctor to log in and get it because I've heard from several people that um, if you don't log in, like I tried to log in myself as a non-member, non-dentist, and I wasn't able to get through. So I think they're prioritizing members, which of course is their absolute right to do. I get that. So log in, download the copy and sit down and read through it and start laying a plan in your practice. But there's a couple of things that stuck out to me when I reviewed it. One was in the section on um, screening um, employees, protecting employees and screening employees, the recommendation from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in the interim guidelines for um, during use during the, the COVID um, situation, say that employees should be screened before they enter the workplace. And so I don't know that it really makes a lot of sense that we make people wait outside the door to, um, to screen them. But as soon as they come in, somebody will have to be responsible every workday for screening employees with a non-contact or infrared thermometer and the ADA has created this great little um, checklist um, and documentation form to put on an employee's name and the date and answer some questions about whether they've um, self-assessed, whether they're having any symptoms or not. But employment laws say that anything about medical conditions is considered to be private or confidential information. 
So we can't put all the employees on the same sheet because someone could see someone else's information while it's being recorded. So there's a couple of things I think that could be done. One is that the the practice creates maybe a computer generated form that they can go into a secure file on their computer. It has to be password protected and they pull up a form for each employee and they record each employee's results on that form that's kept in the practice. That's going to be time consuming. Mm-hmm. The other thing would be simply a checklist um, or even somebody initialing on the calendar that they've done their self-assessment and that their temperature has been taken, but we don't record any kind of medical information. Then there are several apps available. If you go to the Google um, Play Store, you go to the App Store, you can um, find apps that will record temperatures Mm -hmm. and you can just record your own and keep your own records. And then if the practice needed them for proving that they've done their due diligence and so forth, then the employees could simply provide them. But I'd hate to see practices get in trouble with violating confidentiality and keeping medical information out. Uh, Agreed. And, and, And let's, let's make something very clear that this is something that you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, you're invading my privacy or, you know, you know, there will be people who will say this, but if it comes down to that, you have to show that documentation, even if you're keeping it on your own app or whatever it is, it is something that eventually could have to be turned over. Should a, a, a lawsuit or some legal matter preclude that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so what I would recommend, um, and I did with with one of my clients this morning, is just said, we're going to create a form um, that um, the employees will sign and agree to that they they will be responsible for keeping their own medical records, but they understand that they will have to make them available to the practice if they're needed. Mm-hmm. But the other option would be then the practice keeps them, but they have to keep them confidential. I mean, we have enough things to do oh in the morning when we're setting up the practice, let alone running around making sure we got everybody did their self-assessment and everybody had their temperature taken and then recording them in a confidential way. <sighs> oh my God. Yeah. I, yeah. And I know so many things have come out and I've heard people on Facebook groups or, you know, uh, seen people just go, Another thing I've got to add to my list. Another thing, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, it's kind of crazy. Um, the other thing that I think is going to be very important because there's still so many questions about face masks out there. Yeah. Um, in the documentation from the toolkit, it says that OSHA has suspended all requirements for fit testing of N95 respirators. And that is not, completely true. I guess that's the gentlest way I can, that's, can that's say. politically correct. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What, what OSHA has done is suspended the requirement for annual fit testing of N95s, but they have not suspended the requirement. And they have said that an employer could be cited for not having done initial fit testing of N95 face masks. And that not only involves trying on the right size and having it fit checked, it also includes having employees go through a medical questionnaire, which is available from OSHA. Um, We can maybe before we're done, I'll, we can give my email address. I have a copy of that. I can send everyone. But 
there are some people with some medical conditions, any kind of breathing difficulties, uh, maybe asthma or circulatory problems, if they have those issues, then they may not be able to wear an N95 face mask. And that has to be documented. So you have employees fill out the medical questionnaire. And if they answer yes to a number of questions, then they have to actually see their physician for a medical evaluation. And then the fit testing may become a moot point. So, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, why didn't we know this? Well, it was really very much overlooked in dentistry before because we didn't regularly use N95 face masks. So the only time that we would have used an N95 face mask in a dental practice in the past would have been if we had a patient that we suspected because of their symptoms or they told us that they had active tuberculosis and they needed some kind of emergency care, some palliative care that couldn't be done in a hospital isolation type setting. And so you would wear an N95 mask for that, but it would be very short duration. So OSHA kind of didn't worry about us doing fit testing, but now they are because now they see us as this high hazard industry, unfortunately. Well, let me let me ask you, because one of the things that I've heard about all the 3D printed face masks were, of course, they had to be fit tested and everything before they went were used by our, our medical <laughs> brothers and sisters. Uh, yes. So, so is that that's a separate thing then together? This is just specifically for dentistry? Oh, no, that that goes across um, all areas of healthcare, and it goes across all industries, any manufacturing um um, facility, any healthcare facility that's going to be using N95s has to go through that fit, fit testing procedure. Okay. The, <clears throat> the complication for many practices right now, though, is going to be that fit testing may be difficult for them to find. Um, you can easily do training. I just completed an online training course, so I could do fit testing for my clients, except that I can't find a fit test kit available to be able to use. And it consists of a of a hood that you put over the, the worker's head with the mask and you put some um, a mist of solution inside the hood. And if the seal isn't good, then they can smell and or taste a bitter or a sweet um, oh, taste depending on the stuff. But you can't find those, those fit, te- or fit test kits right now. And... Unfortunately, for many practices, if they have to go to an industrial setting to where they have somebody on staff to do it or they go to an occupational health setting, it's very expensive. I've heard some people charging upwards of $2,000 per employee to do the fit testing. Um, And so it could just be cost prohibitive. So what I am recommending is that first and foremost, that we at least do a size check and what's called a seal check, where you put a, an N95 up to your face and put the straps on, and then you put both of your hands, sort of cup them over your face, and you exhale, and you see if you can feel any air coming out. And if you can, then you don't have a good seal, don't have a good fit. And that employees fill out that medical questionnaire and at least get themselves ready for when they maybe could actually get some fit testing done and document that they tried, couldn't get access, but they did the best they could because we're still kind of in this emergency situation. And 
although OSHA has said that they would cite employers for not doing it, if you have enough documentation that you tried, you were aware, you did the best you could, they probably would be lenient on that. Is there a time frame that you see when these uh, test kits might be more available? Or, uh, I mean, do we just need to weather the summer and see what happens? I think we do. I think we're just going to have to wait um, and see. I have them ordered from six different companies. So we'll see when they when they become um, available. But again, it's it's something that could be done by whoever is the OSHA manager or the infection control coordinator in a practice. They can complete a training course. You take a test. There isn't any specific certification for it. Um, because these they're called qualitative tests. They're relatively simple to do if you have the right equipment and you understand how to do it. But the other piece of that, though, is making sure that somebody is looking at that uh, medical questionnaire and knowing whether or not somebody should go for a full-on medical evaluation with their physician or an occupational health center to know whether it's even appropriate for them to wear um, an N95 mask. But in the interim, another way that we can deal with that, I think, is with the KN95 masks that seem to be much more available there isn't a fit check procedure that is required for those. and you, But you still want to do a seal check to make sure that you've got an appropriate size mask on. So at this point, until we really know from OSHA what the norm is going to be, yep. I'm sort of steering people to look at um, just being ready so that when you can do fit testing, you can do it for the N95s. But where the the KN95s until we know whether or not that's going to be acceptable long term because right now they're only acceptable under this emergency use authorization. And, and so uh, this this just feels like such a black hole yeah. anymore. Well, it does, and and I, I'm going to pose a question to you that I was actually asked earlier today, and and I haven't uh, warned you about this or anything, so we'll see how this goes. But I had a hygienist who mentioned to me that. One of the things that she was most disappointed about is that she didn't feel like she could take her mask down and talk to the patient, you know, face to face like she had in previous times to talk about, you know, treatment or what's next or anything else. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, I think that we are at the point where these masks, obviously, they need to stay on throughout the whole time that patient is in there. Is that correct? I want to make sure. Well, even more than that, what... The CDC is saying, and and I've seen some um, information in some of the um, OSHA for frequently asked questions. What they really want is for us to have on a KN95 or an N95 respirator, and we wear it all the time. We don't take it off okay. in between patients. Okay. And I understand that's always been the, the uh, feeling that, oh, we can't talk to our patient right with our face mask on. You know what? Face masks have become so accepted now yeah. that you have to wear them when you go out in public. If the the CBS and the CNN and the Fox, well, I haven't seen the Fox News reporters do it, but the I've seen CBS, NBC, ABC, they're doing interviews with their face masks on and sure. we can hear them perfectly fine. Yeah. If they can do it, we can do it. And patients... I think are going to want those face masks to be on because we're told that 
you know, social distancing has to be kept. Well, you can't be six feet away from your patient um, when you're working on them. So I think it's one of those situations where we just kind of need to get over our bad selves as our, as our friend Lois would say, and just deal with, this is the new reality. We can talk. It's kind of like yesterday when some person high up in the administration was not wearing a required face mask at the Mayo Clinic. Yep. Okay. I, I'm sorry. Inappropriate. So, okay. yeah. Spade is spade, right? I mean, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we can do it. Our patients can understand yeah. us. The only issue that could possibly come up then is if you have a hearing impaired patient who needs to read lips. And you know what I have actually seen is someone has come up with a face mask that has a clear panel in the center where your mouth shows. So they're for people to be used when you're with people who are hearing impaired so they can read your lips. So there are ways to deal with it. And taking off your mask is a risk. We don't want people getting sick. Yeah. And and let's make sure, you know, one thing that I've heard over and over again is that how we practiced in January isn't going to be how we practiced in June. You know, it's going to be completely different. And yeah, and yeah, this is this is a great thing. So let's make sure ADA.org, you know, download the toolkit there. Uh, you know, yes. Like you said, uh, make sure that your dentist does it. Uh, he or she uh, use their ADA membership to make that happen. And then, you yep. know, Mary, I know you pointed out a couple of things that obviously they need to be aware of. But I want to make sure that everybody has your information in case they're reading through and they've got a question that something doesn't make sense. You know, again, Mary is one of the experts out there whenever it comes to infection control. And I know you have poured through this document. So let's make sure that people can get a hold of you if they have questions. Oh, sure. They can reach me by email at Mary at Mary, G-O-V-O-N-I.com, MaryGavoni.com. And just put Ignite DA in the subject line. That way I know where the question is coming from. And absolutely be happy to uh, to answer any questions. And, and I, I want to reiterate, you mentioned earlier that you have actually something that you were going to offer and make sure that uh, they had. So would you just make Yes, that is the, the OSHA medical questionnaire for N95. So if our listeners, again, just um, send me an email at mary at marygavoni.com, put Ignite DA dash OSHA form in the subject line. And then I'll know and I'll just shoot it back to you. And I will warn you, it's about four pages of medical questions. So just be prepared. It's pretty in-depth. In fact, there was just a story on the news over the weekend about a man who was wearing an N95 mask while he was driving. Not sure why in the car we had an N95 mask on, but apparently because he wasn't getting enough oxygen, he blacked out and crashed his car. So he's probably one of those people that has an underlying condition that he shouldn't be wearing an N95 mask. So, you know, Uh, someday we're going to look back on all this craziness and say, what in the world? Yep. Uh, And I hope it's going to be later this year, whenever things start, you know, uh, returning. So, yeah, yeah, please. Uh, Mary is a great resource. She has been a great advocate for dental assistants and dental teams for years. There's a reason why she has that CDA and RDH after her name, because she, she's been there, done that. And we certainly appreciate her uh, being a friend of Ignite DA and the Dental Assistant Nation. So Mary, thanks so much for your time. 
Oh, thank you, Kevin. And thanks to all of you. We are trying to bring you the latest information to make sure that you stay healthy, you stay safe, but above all, you stay educated too about what you need to be doing, what your practice needs to be doing to succeed in these hard times. So, hey, if you need something from us, reach us through the Ignite DA Facebook page. We will keep bringing you experts from around the industry uh, with the latest information. And remember, make sure you're protecting yourself and you're protecting your patients. Together, we rise.